Am I on? Am I on? Am I on? You're on. Am I on? I'm on. Thank you so much for the point or countdown or something. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Anyways, thank you so much. Welcome to the self-evident podcast. You got your boy Mike. You got your boy Massey. Beautiful as always. Just feel the enthusiasm coming off of him today. I think we should just do 45 minutes of that. (laughs) I try to think of a new face I can do every show. So how y'all doing? Good morning, Destiny. Man, it has been a year. And that's what we're going to get into today is the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll... Iron. Thank you so much. Now I have no clue where I'm at on this. <laughs> Massey, take it away on the year no, in pitch. No, 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 don't do that. I was okay. We need your help, Patriots. We got a goal. You all got to hit us. Help us hit the goal. And um, we were we were looking to raise seventy five grand by the end of the year. And we're asking you guys to help out, pitch in. Go to theselfevidenttruth.com if you believe in what we do and <clears throat> why we're doing it. We love to to have your support. Uh, and and we're 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 getting we're getting to the to the finish line now we're we're crossing the river we're going into the promised land of 2023 yes uh, uh, sure but we need your help <laughs> we got a lot going on if you guys want to be a part of that if you want to be a part of our monthly sponsorship program please do that we got 2500 bucks left a month that we want to cover mm-hmm. which covers all of our expenses and then we don't have to worry about like oh we got to fundraise for this or the school couldn't afford that or whatever yeah. you know we we can actually move forward so if you guys want to help make a one time donation become a monthly sponsor you've heard us before you know what we're all about it's not about the money it really is just about the message so help us please i will remember you think of these little children yeah that we show, have here show the show the little children the starving producers I haven't gotten starving. paid. Yeah, starving. Oh, she's she's starving. like, I haven't gotten paid <laughs> in over a month. That's a lie. <laughs> you guys better donate. That's a lie. I work and don't get paid. You guys better <laughs> give him your money so he can give me my money. Cut the feet. Cut the feet. <laughs> we don't want people to know this is child labor. <laughs> I love that you just sound like Alex Jones on that. Yeah. The frogs I, are gay. I swear, I'm paying people. <laughs> yes, he said that before. That's he why did. I said it's so outrageous. Oh the water is turning the frogs gay. I'm just saying what I've heard. <laughs> this is bad. This is so, bad. So we have gotten off to a great this start. This is not good. <laughs> Guys, this is... Why, why, why we're, are we doing? We're getting laughy. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, we're getting laughing. Laugh. Please emojis. laugh. Please, I feel like Jeb Bush. Please clap for that. Dude, I want that clip. <laughs> Easy, that is your job that this is week, job. is to get that clip. So we've got it in queue anytime we need it. it. Please clap for that. The the Jeb Bush was, uh, it was primaries, and he said something, and nobody reacted share, whatsoever. Share the video, guys. And get it out to uh, the people. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Hello, <laughs> Either way, anyways, this is not good. No, no, this is brutal. And we're, we're what are we doing? We we're supposed to talk about the lessons we're learning today. <laughs> yeah, we're, I, I'm over here talking about things, and we're, 
using kids for labor. What what yeah. lessons did we learn, guys? <laughs> Can we all just say something? All right. So we do want to get into kind of a recap. And I, I thought this would create lively debate. Those of you watching, I want you guys to be in on this. I want you to talk, converse with us, talk. Make sure you're talking, all right? And I want to cover some of the different topics that, that we've discussed and kind of where those things are at. And I'm no. going to go through a quick list. And by, and by quick, I mean about a half he hour. Lying. Uh, different things we've he talked about. lying through his teeth right now. Right. A uh, biblical case for influencing government. We've talked about schooling and homeschooling, all of the Ukraine stuff. I thought a good one that we talked about was de deconstructing the faith. That whole deconstruction thing is still a narrative, and right. it's dangerous. Not that you're questioning things you've been taught. It's literally questioning God and his methods. And you look at people who weren't solid, and I think this is the danger of using young people in ministry too soon, too fast. Yes, We're putting all of this weight and pressure of ministry, spiritual warfare, all these things on these young people and their worship leaders, their pastors, whatever. And the pressure caves in because these guys were trying to do it. Look, whatever they chose to do, I'm not in their heart. So I'm, I'm only assuming the best for them, mm -hmm. right? They're trying to reach a culture. So let's not preach the word of God fully. Let's compromise a little bit. And that little, you remember that song from uh, casting crown slow fade, yeah. the slow fade. They were pulling back just a little bit. They were watching things they probably shouldn't watch, hanging out with people they should have been hanging around. They weren't reading as much. They weren't praying as much. And bam, you see the fall. And guess what happens? The world looks at them and says, see, told you. They're a bunch of hypocrites. The church looks at them and says, another failure. And it's like, where's the reconciliation for these guys? Where's, you know, like these preachers that have fallen or these worship leaders? All of a sudden, they're like, well, see, God must not be real because he's not answering me because he didn't answer my prayer when I was five. And my mom, died. you know, all these things happen. And it's like, Either you trust in the living God and his word or you don't. And that's the question you got to ask yourself before you start deconstructing the faith. It's not questioning what you're being taught. You're literally questioning your faith in God yeah. at that point. That's dangerous because it's like, well, it's not dangerous in the sense that if you never believed, you never believed. But man, it's hard to say, Lord, we're, you, you know, I, I just never saw you show up for that. So there I'm done. It's like you are breathing. You're talking to God right now. What are you talking about? He has shown up in your life. So, I have a lot of we've had a lot of conversations <laughs> about being young and in ministry. And I think it's dangerous a lot of the times Very. to put an entire ministry on. A, I'm not talking about training up young people in ministry. I think that's important. I think when they're 21, 22, you know, they get a little leadership position. Yeah. We have tutors and, and leaders over them. But these young people, big worship leaders at big churches and they're falling. And come on. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they got a little baby at home. They've been through spiritual warfare. You think, know? think about how much weight that really is. And a lot of times people put them in those positions, not realizing the spiritual weight that comes with doing something like that. Truth. And they, a lot of times these people can't hang. They can't hold up that weight because they haven't been chastened into that. They haven't been disciplined into that. They haven't been raised up. And so you throw them in that position and this, this 25 year old worship leader is now leading a church of 10,000 in worship, man, who do you think Satan's going to come after? Exactly. Now, I was thinking about the eight-year-old king, you know, when he rediscovered the law and, and all that stuff. He's eight years old in the Bible. But he also had prophets around him. He had the elders around him. Right. So it's not like these guys were doing it on their own, right? They were the king. They were making ultimately the decisions. But you're still raising them up in, yeah. in, in God, in Christ. And the Bible actually talks about that. Older men teach the younger men. Older women teach younger women. 
Like, I think that's a big, important part in our churches we fail to do because we see a gift in the kid, put him up there. Whoa. You know, like right. this kid, you don't know if he's in, sorry, let's just get real. Right. You don't know if he's in sin. You don't know if what he's doing. Cause like the gift, I was literally praying this this morning, Lord, you've given the gift of seeing to necromancers. You've given the gift of healing to traitors. They're called traitors in, in Louisiana, you know, the healing doctors and yeah. the, the witchcraft stuff. Right. It's a false healing. Yes. It's a false power, but it's the power nonetheless. Like they've been given the gift. So it's like, just because they have the gift does not mean they're called of God right now. They have to be trained up. They have to be mature in the faith. The Bible says make full proof of your ministry. And so we're, I'm, I'm looking at these young people going, dang, don't give them too much right now. They're young. Let them learn. Let them learn. And they don't have to learn like the how you fought. Maybe you can help them avoid the pitfalls that you had to fight. Right. See what I'm saying? Let them learn wisdom first before we put them in, you know, exactly. position. Uh, Destiny, let's go ahead and put up her comment. She says, there's importance in the season of waiting, of refining and development of character and perseverance. Absolutely. And, and the sooner you can learn that, sure both do. as leaders, as followers, if you both sides can learn that, that look, there are seasons of refining that you need to go through in order to take on a mantle, in order to be able to go forward and lead. That's that's a very important aspect yeah, that yeah. we tend to forget because we say, oh, well, God put it, God calls me to this. Yeah, just because he calls you to it doesn't mean that he wants you to go out and do it that day. Maybe you've got some training to do, right? You, you hit it. Just because you feel like, again, David, you know what I love about, we talked about this the other night, bro. We'll just go with it. Yeah, go David it. served Saul and he was a number one. David was a leader. David was a king. He was already, you knew, you could see it in him. This guy was a leader by none, right? But he served as a number two for a long time. Right. And loved Saul anyway. Didn't matter if Saul persecuted him, still loved Saul. Called Saul God's anointed. He served under him and said, hey, this is where I'm at right now. This is where God has me right now. Can you do that? Oh, I got a gift though. I got to get it out there. Why? What's the rush? God doesn't need me to do that. He uses me, but he don't need me, right? I get to do this. So whatever process I got to go through to make sure that my characters are fine. And I think that's where a lot of people miss it, not just young people either. The older men and older women putting these kids in these positions are just as immature as these kids were putting in. Are you hearing me? The, the ones putting in these young people without even testing them or training them are just as immature to put that young person in ministry like that. That's really good. I'm serious. So we have to be careful. And I, I know I'm making very tough statements. But it's the truth. We have to watch character on both sides. It's not just the young people. It's the older people, too. Right. Because we have a lot to learn, especially in these times. Right. Where, where the backbone is and, and like the, the to, to preach and stand up. So to, to your point, you notice how the world and I, and I use the world loose, like the world system, how quickly they lifted up Greta Thunberg. And I, I'm not even talking about the thing we've got. <laughs> right. But but I'm making a serious point. Greta <laughs> I'm so tempted to say, Elijah, put it up. <laughs> but don't, don't. I'm, I'm, no, I, I'm, I'm making a serious point. But the, the world nominated Greta Thunberg to be their spokesperson. A 16-year-old girl on the autistic spectrum. And that's I'm not shooting at her for that. But this girl has no real-world experience. She's, she's got no real-life experience in what's going on for her. And now all of a sudden she got nominated to a global leadership position because she had a hissy fit in front of world leaders. 
let's let's talk about that. So I'm I'm in Isaiah three chapter chapter three verse four, right? I want you guys to hear this. And I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. Ooh, because read, of their sin. Read the context. Right, yeah. right. So let me hang on. Let me let me get into the context of it. Right. Isaiah three is is very, um, very very important. For behold, the Lord says, the Lord of hosts does take away from Jerusalem and from Judah. They stay and their staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water. Why? Because of their disobedience. In Isaiah, he's talking to them about, dude, I have, I have, I have loved you from afar. I've, I've beaten you with bruises. I, I've done everything. I've corrected, and you still won't turn to me. And then he's on three, and it says this: the mighty man and the man of war, the judge, the prophet, the prudent, and the ancient. He's taking them away. The captain of fifty, and the honorable man, and the counselor, and the cunning artificer, and the eloquent orator. And I will, I've taken them all away. All these people you rejected, fine, I took them away, and I will give children to be their princes and rulers and the babes shall rule over them because of disobedience. So now the 16 year old kid who's whatever, 18, I don't know how she, how she is, is the person of the year because she made some emotional points. You see what happened? I took away the mighty man, the man of war, the judge, the prophet, the prudent and the agent, the wise people. Look at all those characteristics, right? Those are well-tempered, honorable people that he took away and gave them kids ruled by their emotions. Does that to not describe today? Dude, dude, this is exactly like, I'll go with this for a second. Go for it. This is why the liberal left is so disgustingly wrong, demonically wrong, disgustingly wrong, because now you're telling people and you're rewarding them for being truly disobedient. Romans 1 talks about this. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And you're seeing it now. They don't even know how to tell right and wrong anymore. That is a divine thing that happens from God. And God's like, cool. Is that, is that what you want? I'll give it to you. No, that doesn't mean they're unsavable. I truly believe the gospel can permeate their heart. Saul to Paul. I totally believe. You couldn't get more reprobate than Saul when he was killing. He was killing people in the name of God. I mean, you seriously, right. he, was, he was doing God a service, basically. But look what's happening here. This is why it's so important to have character. Preach the gospel. This is why we listen. Listen to the characteristics they listed in Isaiah. We need to be this stuff, men. Mighty men, man of war, the judge, the prophet, the prudent, and the ancient. We need to be all that. We need those men in this world. We need those men in the church for these young people, for my sons. We need to be all that. The captain of 50, which means you are trusted, right? The honorable man and the counselor. All those positions need to be filled by us. And that's where we need to be, I think, more and more as we're reading all these topics, right? I'm going through all these topics. The sexualization of our children. Why? Because they don't have men in their life to tell them who they are. Trinity, can you tell the story real fast about what you saw in the mall yesterday? Yeah. Uh, so I was I was uh, uh, at the mall a couple of days ago shopping, right? And I, was, I went into the line and the family in front of me, um, it was just a couple kids, right? And then their parents. And then I saw this little six-year-old girl adorable little blonde girl and then i'm like oh she's so cute i look at her sparkly little backpack and it has a, a circle pin on it and it says she they on it and i'm like there's no way that that six-year-old girl put that on herself thinking right. that that was right or anything was but, was there a father there with them yes. or no yeah yes the father and the mother were there golly man and it's 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 so tough because you notice, and I was thinking about this today. I mean, you look through this list. Some of the things that we really hit on were kids, 
whether it's abortion, whether it's the whole transgender stuff, all of that, going after kids, right? And I was thinking a lot about that just this morning of the attack on children, how quickly it goes down that slope and it goes towards the children, right? One of the biggest complaints that God had about the promised land and the Canaanites within it was child sacrifice, sacrificing their children up to Molech, making their children pass through the fire. Man, do we not do the same thing today? We're, we're, whether literally or figuratively, we're sacrificing our children for our own aims, our own desires, our own wants, our own view of how the world should be, right? And so this is something that we, we want to be very careful of where this road leads. And to get back to what Massey was saying, I fully wholeheartedly agree. We need those positions. We need those people in place to be able to lead, to be able to, to help kids figure out their identity before the world tries to tell them what their identity is. Straight up. Because you, what the world says is their identity. No, 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 you're good. No, With, you, what you the world the says your identity is, is in darkness. Listen. Notice what you were saying about Romans 1? Darken the mind. Can you find your direction when you're in a pitch black room? That's it. Can they? No. Do you know why men can't give direction to their kids? Because they themselves are lost too. If men and women are to emulate the God of heaven on this earth for their children, what does God do to me first? He gives me an identity in him. That should translate to our children. When you don't have the living God in you, you can't give a proper identity to your kids. Or it'll be a false pride. You know, a false sense of manhood, a false sense. That's why we don't promote people like the, the Tates and all these things. They're, they're, what they do, they have some really good one-liners and good masculine points, but they're not men of God. And so we have to be careful who we promote and talk about. Can we, can we glean a little bit of that element? Sure. That primal, you know, whatever, you know. But Drive. But then Confidence. There's this, but then right? there's this other yeah. side of these guys that's like womanizers and top G. Like, I have to be known. Dude, the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So we got to be careful who we're putting our eyes to and who we're putting our attention to, right? But then you have men of God who have withstood the test of time. And I, I love them. The, the, the Alistair Beggs, like the, the, these preachers and teachers, right? Heck yeah. You show me the last time you saw a scandal with the dude. I'm not saying he doesn't have things going on in his life that are personal. Right. I'm saying, look at the character of these dudes. Look at the character of these men and women of God who are standing for the faith. You can learn from these cats. Pastor Todd. You can learn from people who have withstood the test of time and stood on principle, not their emotion. If we can't teach our young people that, is it any wonder that they're trying to figure out if they're a man or a woman? Is it any wonder? Because we're not pouring identity into them. Right. So you're seeing all these issues. Uh, 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 um, the Brittany Griner story. That story in and of itself was was ridiculous. Uh, the, the Man Up series, when we did the Man series. Uh, um, the, the the drive of masculinity. I, we should have John on again. John, yeah. John was was probably that guest that was like, dang, that's convicting, right? And I, I like to think I stand for things. You stand for things. We do a lot for our nation and community and, and things like that. But you get around that dude, and you're like, man, that's a, that's a man of God right there. And he loves his family. He loves his country. He loves to show men, you can do this, dude. Get, get rid of your excuses type of thing. When we're going through all this stuff, I'm thinking the only thing that will transform all this, and this is so simple, it's not just preaching the gospel, praying the Holy Spirit moves on the gospel that we preach. Amen. Because preaching is just one thing. That's sowing seed, and everybody uses yeah. that. I just sowed a seed. No, man, pray that God would water that seed. And then for laborers to go into that harvest, right? We've got a lot of work to do, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. 
I know that's why some of you watching is what you're doing. I'm listening right now. You that are listening on SoundCloud, which we're in 30 countries there now, Something which is great. Like that, yeah. uh, we have we have uh, Rumble and BitChute. We have uh, Spotify. We have you know all these different places we're, we're putting LinkedIn. Crap, I got a thing on LinkedIn. You know different things. We we want to be on Instagram for some reason. I can't get it to work. So we'll we'll figure it out this next year. Anywhere you're listening, it, whether you agree with us or not have at least the courage to tell us you disagree with us and let's talk to you about it. I have open conversations all the time with people on social media and things like that. Unless you're being belligerent, then I just don't even pay attention, but we want to disciple. We want to help. And this year's word for our ministry is discipleship. We are discipling this year. We're changing up the game. We're not just going to be preaching out there. We're going to be showing people how to do, how to be a citizen, how to be a, a man of God and character through what we're preaching. We're going to keep the messages. That's not the issue. How to teach young people to do it. We got to duplicate ourselves. We got a lot of work to do. And this isn't a one-year project. This is, this is a lifetime that most people think, Oh, what's the plan? It's a lifetime project, dude. Right. Discipleship's lifetime. It never stops. So we got a lot of work to do. And discipleship is very fluid because you're responding to situations as they come up and helping guide somebody through that, right? And one of the things that I was thinking about looking at this list, what it really comes down to that we talked a lot about is identity. We, now, we, we talked about fundamentals. We talked about things that, that were very important. But we also talked a lot about identity. And I think identity is so important in the process of discipleship because how do you disciple somebody who has no clue who they are? It's just impossible until you you can disciple them into figuring out truth, who they are. Truth. But you've got to make that fundamental step first before you head forward into what you're being called to do. Amen. One of the things you're going to see of us, what we do next year is our process is going to be taking you from this step to that step. And part of it's going to be unifying with you in terms of identity and helping you figure out what's your identity in Christ, how do you relate to Christ, who are you, and then moving you forward to what's your purpose, where are you at? Amen. You cannot keep an outside law if you yourself inward are not disciplined to keep your own self. Bro, right. I'm telling you, there is something to discipline that is incredibly important. And I'm learning more and more and more. Like, So we're going to be doing – I'm so grateful. I hope John Hannigan listens to this dear friend of mine called me the other night and he said, Mass, you got this word about a message you had three years ago and you never did it. He said, and I firmly believe you need to do that. That's the, that's the pith and marrow of your message is, is this discipleship from understanding the, the character and law of God and how it applies to rights and that you can't keep the rights that God gave us without keeping his word and law. And he's like, you, you, you make this connection so well. He said, he said, that's literally all 15 of your message. You teach people that you've got to put it in a centralized thing. And so I'm like, you know what? You're right. He's, it, it, when he said it, it was like there was such a witness on yeah. it. And I kind of felt stupid <laughs> when he said it, but I was like grateful that he did because it's like so, – so John Hannigan, um, this, this man John, his testimony is insane and his family's beautiful and wonderful and they're out of Jacksonville. But they um, – if you look at all of our logos and, and some of our shirts and stuff, they helped us do that in 2020. They helped us reform and reestablish who we are. Uh, you know, and, and, and all that. He, he uh, you, you know, he really helped, like, our new logos and our new look and appearance, and they, they really helped us do that. And so when he said that to me, I was like, you know what? We already said this year's discipleship. It's time to walk in that discipleship. We need to teach people and train people 
how to be a Christian in society, not just preaching the gospel. How does it affect society? I was actually having a conversation with my kids last night. We, we do these like world biblical worldview questions. Like, why do you believe what you believe? And you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked at what your kids say and what they believe and what they don't believe, what they don't understand. I remember when I asked them about abortion and what, 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 my middle son goes, it's because you've taught us it's wrong. I was like, no, no, no. Like, what? So we went through the Bible and, you know, do you believe the Bible's an error? Of course, Dad. Well, then this is what the Bible says. And, you know, this is why we hold this position. Well, how do you teach and train women and men, you know, when they're going through it and all these other things? We talked about transgenderism last night. We talked about um, the, uh, biblical marriage, like gay marriage, all these other things. And it's funny to hear your kids talk about what they really believe. And then we talked about, cool, so what if you had a neighbor who was, who was being belligerent, who was either transgender or gay marriage, and trying to influence your kids? What would you do? Nathan said right away, I will tell them, get off my property, and I will raise my own kids. I don't need you to raise them for me. I was like, very cool. What about if that's someone else's kid? You know what he said? Well, we got to preach the gospel. I was like, that's cool. What if it's being permeated in schools? They never thought that far. And I'm realizing, dang, I missed that element of discipleship with my kids. So my, my oldest son goes, well, if it's in schools, don't we have to go to the schools to, like, stop that? I'm like, ah. Or we go to school boards. Or we go to city councils and town councils and say, no, these are our kids, not your kids. So now they're learning how to be not just protecting their own kids, right? we got to protect other people's babies, too. we got to protect and help parents, too, that don't know this stuff. we got to stand on the front line. I, I told them. When you stand out on these kinds of things, you're going to get attacked because people want to understand your, your, your motive. They're going to judge your motive. They're going to say he's prideful, like David, all these other things. You know, King David, when he went to go fight against life, what a prideful little punk. You know, they're going to look at you all kinds of crossway. And when you win the day, guess what they're going to do? Oh, we knew it the whole time. I was with you all from the so, beginning. But that's just not – you know why I'm telling you the story? Because I feel like I failed him. My oldest son's 14, my middle son's 12, and I'm like, dang, I missed this. I missed this growing up. How did I miss that? To train them to go out and preach the gospel, to train them to go out and defend the weak and the poor. I was teaching them what that is, but not how to. So now it's like, okay, how do I do that with them? Do I, we, we have a town council meeting in Stewart coming up. I'm going to take my kids on the night. They're, they're, they're trying to get rid of prayer. And it's like, look, it's an invocation, bro. National leaders do it. We should be able to do it. So whatever you think about that, whatever. But it's like teaching them they can do this too. They got to defend the weak. If they're weak, they need defending. So get out and defend the weak, you know? So there you go. I mean, it's just a little training principles of discipleship thing that we're learning as we go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he and I both realized, and, and this kind of segues into this next section of, of what I wanted to cover. He and I both realized eh, last quarter of this year, we were having a lot of discussions about, okay, what's, what's the vision of self-evident? What's that, that identity, right, of self-evident? Go figure. And the word that we came up with is discipleship because both of us are very pastor teacher heavy. And so how do we, how do we come alongside people, teach them, grow them? How do we do this? Because that's our niche. Um, Self-evident is not a, we're not a history lesson. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not wall builders that they got that. that, That's a good way to put it. We're, we're not the wall builders. We're not Steven Crowder. We're not Ben Shapiro. We're not Charlie Kirk. And, and that's not to disparage any of them. They're all, they're all working in their vein, their lane. But he and I kind of realized it's like, no, we're disciplers. Yeah. That's what we do is we disciple. And so the question is, how do we disciple other people across the Internet, through this medium especially, as well as doing our live speaking? How do we help people 
get that next level. Get that next step. Look at Andrew's comment. Which one? The, the commander? Yeah, commander. Because comments on that. We, we, we were kind of doing that, Andrew, but we were just a, a preaching ministry. We just right. go out and preach and do our thing and leave and preach and do our thing. And not that we wanted to leave intentionally. We'd still pastor and things. But I think the focus of what we do now, because um, individually we're supposed to disciple people. And I do. I, I disciple many individuals in my life. And that's a good thing. I just think our ministry needs to take that step to disciple as well. Not just do courses, but show them how to apply these courses, right? Yeah. Literally walk them through step by step. Hey, this is what worked for us. Maybe the Holy Spirit illuminates you a different way, but this is the paths we took. Maybe he'll show you a different way. We need to really illuminate. And I'd really like to write a book or, or have some kind of maybe video series on what it's like being in full-time ministry, right. the warfare that comes with it, the challenges that come with it, the, 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 the arguments that come with it, the, the, the pitfalls and the victories and the good things that happen and the blessings that come with it. There's, because I think a lot of people, they get starry eyed to go into ministry. It's like, God's using me, but they don't ever talk about here comes the war. Right. You know what I mean? Like you got to get used to being uncomfortable. And, and it's true for anything where you level up and you go forward, whether it's business, whether it's career, family, ministry, especially you better get used to being uncomfortable. And, and yes. Ministry is not like the world. No, it's not. It doesn't fulfill your pleasures uh, that are lustful and, and those kind. Of, you literally are waiting on the Lord because He's called you to a different service. I look at John the Baptist. He was called differently than the other disciples were. Different, different. I didn't see Peter Paul like I didn't see Peter and, and James and John confront a king the way he did. They're different ministries. Paul did different ministry, right? These there's just different things God's calling us to and they're different sacrifices and they're different things. And people are like, well, see only ministry sacrifice. No business owners sacrifice too. So if you're called to business, do business, you're sacrificing that. What we're saying is I think there's people that get into ministry starry eyed and saying, this is what I'm called to do. Cool. Did you count the cost though? Not to talk you out of ministry, but if I can talk you out of ministry, you were never called to it. My job is to make sure you were ready for it. Right? So if people want to help and self-evident and, and, and do what we do, <laughs> Look, no lie. This is not a lie. You you were with me. We were sleeping in truck stop parking lots the first year and a half because we didn't have money for hotels. We were eating ramen. My kids were sleeping in the car with me and taking showers in a truck stop when we travel because we didn't have money for it. Did we complain? No, it was freaking fantastic. We had a great time. But I felt like a loser as a dad. This is what I'm talking about. The insecurities would come in. I felt like a loser as a dad that I couldn't get my kid a hotel room. So we have to keep the car on all night with the heater. Like people don't know this stuff, right? And I took a chance. And has God prospered us? Yeah. He's done a lot to help us. And, 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 and obviously it all comes from him. The Bible says all things are from him, through him, and to him. So it all goes back to him, all the glory and the honor and the praise. But dude, are you ready for that step? Are you ready to take that on? If that's what God called, look, what I went through is nothing what missionaries go through overseas, right? I'm in America for crying out loud. So it's a different, it's, it's, it's a different calling. It's just different. Ministry's different. And the moment you put that spiritual mantle on, it's on. Are you ready for that? This isn't talking you out of it. This is pushing you to the mission. Like God has called you different than everyone else. It's a different calling. Yeah. And that's... I hope there's, I didn't... There's... Hope I didn't talk to anyone. <laughs> He's yeah, okay, that, Dude, look no, at Paul. He wrote about being shipwrecked and naked and being stoned twice and all these things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he talked about 
I glory through my sufferings. Yeah, I glory in that. I glory in the fact that God still used me, right? Traveling the way we did and getting an hour and a half of sleep and going to do an event, you know? Like, there's there's testimony in that stuff. There is. You know, and Andrew says, and Messi, look how blessed you are now for being obedient. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah, and Paul said that. Look at where I'm at now, but look at what I went through. Can you do the same? Are you yeah. willing to go through that? The persecution, the trial, people canceling on you, people talking bad about you, people writing up about you, people judging your motives and intents. You're doing this for the money, kid, not realizing again that I was sleeping in the truck stop parking lot that night. I'm doing this for the money. You know what I mean? So there's persecutions, and then the world comes against you. It just, all that stuff happened. But then I'm like, but look at where we're at now. We got young people listening to us and helping us and working for us, and we go, you still get to travel, and we have curriculums for crying out loud, and, <laughs> right? We got homes with good families, and, and, our, and our families love us, and, you know, we're, we're doing our best to be the men of God we can be. Right. But you were with me through almost the whole start of it. And you saw it, and nobody prepared you either. No. I didn't prepare you. And, and I think that's one thing as an encouragement of, look, you're never going to be fully prepared for it. Neither of us were. Oh, gosh. But that's where that walking day at a time with the Lord really matters. Because if you sit down, sit down and count the cost, but understand you, you can't pay that cost. Truth. Only the Lord can really pay that cost. But understand what you may go through and, be, and, and tell yourself, I'll get through it. I think that's the biggest thing is if you're called to ministry, being able to say to yourself, I don't know how I'll do it, but Lord, I know you'll help me get through it. Right. Right. Because there are still things that I look at and there's a bit of trembling that goes on of Lord, I don't want to go through that. If I have to, I will, but I don't want to go through that. You know, and there, there are people who go through what I don't want to have to go through. Easy. You got something. That's exactly what Christ basically said he said lord let this cup pass from me nevertheless let your will be done that's not that's not necessarily fearing the future that's submitting your will to him right that's truly submitting yourself to him. <laughs> um i want to read kristen if if you can put some of her up kristen says ministry comes with much intense warfare since the devil is out to destroy i wish it was all puppies and rainbows easy walk yeah me too <laughs> Golly, that would be that would be great. Get a get a pension from the Lord. But God's you know? faithful, man. Like absolutely. So, so these are those questions you need to ask yourself. You know, and 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 we will we will do a course in this. And, and Carrie is, she remembers all the stories. I don't remember very much. I, I I don't have the memory she does. That's not a cap. That's just her strength. She remembers so many little details and things. And I wish we would have had what what they do now, like have a camera every day and what we were doing back then yeah. to show people like how, how crazy it was, but the blessings that happened too. And um, so, yeah, we, we had, we had covered some of that this year, you know, a little bit of like what our testimony is in, 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 in doing ministry and what the warfare is and what that's like. And um, you know, I'll just say ministry purifies just on this issue. And it'll pull out every insecurity. It'll pull out every doubt. It'll pull out every fear. Because you're thinking, I'm on my own here, Lord. I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah. And then it starts to manifest. And you're like, why am I going through this? Am I really called to this? Am I really worthy? No, you're not. He made you worthy, though, so go out and do it. You know what I mean? So it just, there's a lot that we want to we wanna teach and, and, and disciple in this year. And, and maybe you're not called to ministry. Maybe you're called to be a parent, right? How do we help you do that? Maybe you're called to ministry. How do we help you do that? Maybe you're called to government. We want to help you do that. How does that work? How does that look? How are we discipling people? How are we, 
being different than, than any other group in any other ministry. I think that's us. I think mm-hmm. we're very pastoral in that sense and, and we need to teach. And, and I think we, I think we've got, we don't definitely have all the experience. You know, I, I, most, most of my friends are, are my seniors. You know what I mean? They're, they're older than me, you know, and you, you know, you can testify to that because they know so much because they've been through 20 more years of stuff than me and they're all my friends and, and it's important. Um, there, there are a few people who are younger that are my friends, but those who are younger that are my friends, like yourself, you've been through the war with me so I can trust you. You know what I mean? So it's just that you, you just realize more and more these, these topics we cover, all these topics we cover, we've had conversations about in the porch. Yeah. This is how much we talk. This is how much we're, you know what I mean? Constantly talking about what's next and new, all these topics. Did you read them off yet? No, I haven't read all of them yet. We we even did some stupid things like this. Um, Bigfoot and the moon landing. <laughs> sure. Bit shoot uh, hated bit us. Shoot, hated yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we we talked about all those things. We talked about um, uh, prophecy. We talked about social media. Is it bad? You know. Um, all these things we had in our hearts, like, dang, all these topics can be discipleship-type topics. What are we giving our time to? What are we, what are we idolizing? What are we, you know, are we giving our attention to God and, and, and giving him his due? Or are we giving it to ourselves? You know, and right. really, that's kind of the recap of the year, yeah. you know, is, is that. And uh, I will read through some of these just, so we did uh, school board candidates. We did Christian versus pagan practices. We did uh, race, including the history of racism in America and build back better. We did the three P's of being a man. We did uh, Biden saying the second amendment is an absolute. We did Romans 13. We did Christian nationalism. We did what the Supreme court actually does. Monkeypox, atheism, uh, COVID, Trump raid, Facebook, uh, Biden's tyrant moment, natural energy, prophecy, social media, the white pill. Okay. Good news. Columbus, Cult of Christ, Martin Luther, Halloween, the vote, election, religious freedom, Thanksgiving, Fauci retires, uh, Jordan Peterson, spiritual disciplines, greatest generation to entitled Christmas, and there's even more. But notice how many of those titles, it's not necessarily that we're just going out trying to find that news bit, that news item, and and pull that apart to get people riled up so that they'll listen to us. And I think that's one of the difficulties is we're not interested in just getting you riled up. We're not interested in getting you mad. We're not interested in pointing out the, the sins and faults of the other side. What we're interested in is getting to truth, and then how do we use that truth? I agree. And I think it's, it's going to take a whole other level this year. Um, to get into this, I really want to, before we end, and I want you guys to participate, what's a lesson you've learned over this past year? And I think for me, a lesson that I've learned over this past year is the, the oh, man, the value of going one step more. And it's not a, a works hustle ethic. Mm. But I, I think what it really boils down to is that idea of how much compromise am I willing to allow into my life? And how much damage compromise can do so quickly. And I'm becoming less and less tolerant of compromise in my own life. Whether it's spiritual, physical, business, family, (coughs) and and figuring out how do I squash all these little cockroaches of compromise in my life. 
And this past year has really been a lesson of that is how do I start seeing those and kill them when I need to? So anybody else want to go? I think they should comment uh, what their lessons learned this year too. Like if you guys could uh, comment down below what the lesson you learned. Mine was really easy. Uh, literally it's this and, and I'm, I'm walking in it now a little bit more. Um, life is a vapor. I think I've learned, uh, I hope I've learned, you know, long-term, you, you need to be there for your family and kids. And um, you, you can't, what I'm careful about when I'm saying that is don't go to the extreme. Don't, don't quit something just to be a family. You got to learn to prioritize things that God has given you in your life. And, and, you know, he gave me a wife and kids and my, you know, y'all know my wife's, uh, my wife, what my wife went through this year. And I realized like, first off, how much I love her and how much, how amazing she is. But I think the second thing is too, how important it is to be a disciple, a, a disciplined person for your kids, for your son, like for me, my sons and how me being there in the little things, like even when I'm so tired, you know, man, we, my mind, you've been with me. Sometimes I'm driving home and I'm just like a vegetable because it's like my mind, my brain's been fried all day long and I get home and I'm super tired. Right. And there's Nathan and Aaron. Yeah. Let's go throw passes. The last thing I want to do is get up and go outside. But dude, that 45 to an hour of throwing passes with them, they don't care about what I do. They don't care. You know what they see? Dad listens to me. Dad loves me. Dad cares about me. You know what they're going to see in God? He listens to me. He loves me. He cares about me. He cares about what I care about, what, what, what he's put on my heart. It just those it's, – it's, it's taught me that ministry is important at home. Church is important at home. Love is important at home. And if I can love everyone else and do church and ministry out there, and I'm not doing it at home. And I've, I've learned this lesson before, but it's like it's getting more strict in my heart. Yeah. I got to take all that revival stuff home with my, with my children. And I, that's, that's where I'm at. You know? None. Uh, let's put Destiny's comment up. She said, for me, it was learning how to trust God in the wilderness and the valley of some things I went through this year. And I can attest to that. Like, she, she went through it um, and learned amazing lessons. And I see somebody who's, who's completely transformed. I see somebody who, who really is walking in a newfound courage in the Lord and has learned a lot of things on how to rely on the Lord. And so, Destiny, I, I encourage you. I lift you up. Like, those lessons, the fruit shows in your life. And, and take that. Sometimes we do not give ourselves credit. And we look back at everything we've done. We don't give ourselves any credit. We look at all the mistakes, where we're not, blah, blah, blah. Look at the victories and give God the glory for the victories, but accept that they're actually victories. You don't need to stain them with asterisks. Just accept the victory. Uh, <laughs> Destiny, don't make me cry. I'm going to. Isn't it? Melissa and I have talked about that. Is it not sick that Christians, like our achievement is if somebody cries? <laughs> like, how can I affect this person so much? They're going to cry. <laughs> I don't know why we're all pirates, but all right, you guys. Easy, iced tea, any lessons? Whoa. <laughs> the logos. I accidentally switched it, like, in the middle of the like, <laughs> Yeah, no. they probably don't want to sponsor us. Anyway, Bueller? I don't, I don't, you can go. I don't want to go. So, 
I've obviously I've I've learned a lot this year, but the biggest lesson I take away is spiritual laziness is the biggest hindrance to spiritual growth and conquering. Mm. The moment that you prioritize anything else over the Lord, and that can be taken super religiously, the moment you get comfortable in life and you're only picking up your word once or twice a week is when you're getting comfortable. It's when you're getting spiritually lazy and that's when you stop. It's when you stop hearing the voice of God as much as you used to. Yeah. That was something I, I really learned because there'd be seasons where I'd just be going through and I'd be hearing the Lord because I'd be in my word at like 5 a.m. because he'd wake me up and I'd be writing in my journal, filling out pages upon pages of what he's saying. And then there'd just be weeks on end where I don't pick up my Bible. I maybe pick it up, read it for 20 minutes um, every couple of days, and I hear nothing from him. If we're not reading the word of God, we're not hearing the word of God. Right. Because if all scripture is inspired by God, everything in there is his voice. It's everything is ordained by him. So if we're not familiarizing ourselves with how he is, with his character, with how he speaks, with who he is, how are we going to then audibly hear him in the whisper? When somebody is coming to us filled with the spirit, when he provides us an opportunity for us to take and we are not spiritually sharpened or keen to see it and see the opportunity and then take it. Amen. Love it. And uh, put up Kristen's comment. Uh, Kristen said, stand up even if you're standing alone. So many others I've learned this year I've lost track. Another big one was love. Love often. They may not deserve it, but Jesus does. You know what that reminds me of is, uh, we haven't seen her for a while, but Carrie from Canada. Uh, standing she alone. Comes in after. She is comes that what it is? She's been missing it for the live, which makes Lives. sense. Yeah. Um, and then let's put up Andrews. J-O-Y. Jesus, others, yourself is a much needed discipline. And that's a massive lesson. Brother Randy's on too. And then Randy, lesson, I have no control. What I have is influence. Uh, Because of that, I need accountability and responsibility. I need to be accountable to God. Amen. Amen. And then Andrew, being more attentive to hear the needs of others and act upon them, bringing a blessing to them as I am blessed by the Father is what I need to refine this year. And that, these are good. That's that's beautiful. More people comment. Please post these up. I love hearing this stuff. And Andrews actually leads into what I wanted to cover real quick for us is what are you what's your goal or your aim for the next year? I actually we're gonna put up an article today that I just wrote about I actually value the New Year's resolution. Now we all make fun of it and blah blah blah, but I think there is value in it if we approach it properly. If we're actually disciplined. Yeah. And it's not like I just, there's a statement that I've read. I'd like to put it on a shirt someday with your, with your new year's resolutions or whatever. Don't do what makes you happy. Do what makes it holy. Like, and then happiness will flow from holiness. Joy will happen from holiness. Do what God has put on your heart. Be disciplined for you because God wants you to be disciplined. Happiness will flow out of that. You see what I'm saying? Joy will flow out of that. And I think that's where we need to be. 
all the time. So I, I pray that ministry to you. And I like to bless people too at the end. And like what we did Wednesday night, just bless yeah. people. I, but I want to hear with, what... With, with a blessing that's general. Right. right. But I, I want to hear first, like, what are you guys aiming for for next no, no, I'm, year? I know. I'm, I'm, oh, not, oh, I'm, okay. I'm, not, I'm not taking that over. <laughs> I'm saying after. Like, yeah, absolutely. Not, so we didn't absolutely. talk about blessing. I just thought, you know, we should do that. You know, we should yeah, do that. Yeah, I like that. You, you, tell, you do the so, thing again. So for me, um, it's going to be... I think all this talk about discipline has inspired me for a year of discipline. And... The, I've actually put it down to the numbers. How many days do I want to work out in the year? How many walks do I want to go on? How many fasts do I want to have? Right? And it's not just physical stuff. There's, there's other achievements that I've put onto this list. But this list breaks down the year by numbers. So that way I can break it down by weeks. And so each week I've got a certain number that I have to achieve for each of these areas. I like thinking that route. I like thinking of like, how do I get there? Here are the steps that I would get there. And for me, I really see it as, okay, this is going to be the year of discipline. This is going to be the year of cutting off that, that excess that isn't helping me. And I don't put this on you if that's what you have to do for your resolution. That's for me personally of like, this is what I want to get out of this next year is that level of discipline and moving forward. And like I said, squashing the compromises. Anybody else? Sure. Cool. So I'm, I'm very much in that same boat. When I, when I think of where I'm at spiritually, it, it brings me to like, um, like analogies for blacksmithing. When you are making Damascus, you have to layer different types of steels. And I feel like that was very much this year where I, I was being layered and I was being made whole again before being put back into the furnace to be straightened out and, and to be, to have all the outside bad parts of the metal shaved off while being shaped. Um, one of my favorite shows to watch is forged in fire. And, um, (laughs) when, when they first take the, uh, the ingot out of the furnace it's glowing red hot. It's almost white. And they take they take it to the machine or they take it to the hammer. And with every hit of the hammer or the, the press of the machine, it straightens out the block of steel. But it also causes a top layer to crunch off or to crumble off. And I feel like that's very much where the Lord is going to have me this year, straightening me out. And, and forging me into the, the weapon that he right. wants me to be. Amen. Pass <laughs> your iced tea. I see you got one. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already kind of walking in the disciplines of just like food and, and all those things. I really am. And I, I won't talk about it till we see more fruit. But like I've, I've been seeing some fruit and it's been good. But I think it's, it's not just discipline and those things. Like what is going to make me a better man? What makes me a better man in Christ will make me a better father and a better husband. So it's all those things. It's, it's all the, you know, and, you know, I, I like to think I take a lot of risk. I'm, I'm always stepping out in something new and doing something crazy. Every year I try to do something and I didn't do one thing this year that I was like, dang, is learn how to golf. Hmm. I want to learn how to golf for some yeah. reason. I don't know. But I never had a chance to, and we've been busy and, you know, Carrie got sick and I was, it's not just her, but like the ministry was crazy. But like, I would like to try new things this year, like just something new. And I do, I, I did two things and, and I, and I, it, I, I didn't 
learn how to swim. I need to learn how to swim next year. Yeah. I don't know how to swim. I can teach you. I, I don't want you to teach me, man. Trin, <laughs> um, anything for you? No? It's okay. Well, Not putting you on the spot. No, no, no. Um, you can switch it. I don't care. Um, I can't hear myself. <laughs> Just speak loud. I can hear stuff. Um, uh, well, I guess, like, I thought about it until I got, I was reading stuff and I forgot. Uh, probably, like, because I've been going through a lot of stuff the past couple months and stuff, and I've been really, like, not, I've been really kind of oppressed, not depressed, but, like, oppressed by stuff, and, like, it's, like, it's trying to come back at me, so, like, I'm trying to find ways to, like, push it back, if, if, I don't know, if that's yeah anything, but that, and, uh, like, relationships, like, fixing healthy relationships with other people. Awesome, I like it. Let's put up, uh, Andrew's comment, we'll, we'll go through these. Uh, Andrew says, being more attentive, oh, sorry, we already read his, didn't we? Being more attentive to hear the needs of others and act upon them, bringing a blessing to them as I blessed by the Father who I need to refine this year. And then uh, Destiny, I think I'd like to be more disciplined in my relationship with God. Sometimes I really struggle with getting stuck in my emotions and running away from God. He always brings me back with his love, but I definitely want to go, let go of the running away thing. And then here's Andrews. By putting God in control of all aspects of your life makes all things work together for your good, freeing you from hard-taught lessons. Uh, and that's, these lessons are things that we learn day in, day out. And I think it's important to set plans for yourself. Now, God can screw up your plans. That's fine. And, and God does what he does, but there's no reason we shouldn't plan in terms of resolutions, right? Right. Setting that resolution. And if you're going to, don't just set your resolution and go to the gym. Then 99 out of a hundred times you will fail. Why? Because you didn't plan, you didn't put forward, you didn't count the costs like we were talking about earlier. But if you set forward, you plan, you say, okay, I need to go four days a week. This is how many, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go for a half hour. I'm going to hire myself a trainer. This is what I'm going to do. Here are my goals throughout the year, quarterly, weekly, daily, whatever. If you plan, you will move forward. If you don't plan and you just say, I'm going to change my life completely on New Year's, January 1st. Yeah. By January 3rd, things are back to normal Yeah, because it's discipline. It's not motivation will fail at some point. Motivation will only get you so far. And at some point it's discipline. Yeah. And what's, what's, what's the root of discipline is putting your flesh down, your, your, right. your emotion down. It's bringing your body to subjection to something, you know, will improve what you're doing. So like when I'm disciplining myself to the things of God, I'm putting my emotion, my mind, my brain, my fast paced brain. That's always racing at a hundred mile an hour putting all that away and saying, no, you're first going to the gym. But I don't know a person alive. Like I've even watched these big bodybuilder guys. They don't go in there saying, yes, I get to work out today. Right. It's tedious and their diets are tedious, but they have to keep doing it. Jay Cutler said the biggest, his, his biggest happiness about retiring was he didn't have to eat chicken breasts. <laughs> Dude, and he actually said he did it and he didn't even taste it anymore. Like yeah. he trained his brain to turn off his taste buds. 
he just ate. He was eating nine times a day. Yeah. He'd have nine. to get up every two hours, <laughs> even with sleeping and eating. But, I mean, he, he was also Mr. Olympia. So it's right. like these, these guys, like, if they can do it, why can't we as Christians? Exactly. If and they can discipline themselves in that kind of thing, why can't we? And I think because we think, not, not be, well, well God, will, God will transform me so I don't have to do anything. And I've talked about this before. I've had a real struggle in the past with that idea of, well, if God does everything and I do nothing, then why don't I just sit on the couch and God will transform me? I have to be a, a willing participant in the process. Right. And, and that means putting aside temptations and things that will make me stumble. Um, Kristen says, I've done that so many times. Motivation comes and goes, but discipline is key and always more important. And I love the story of David Goggins. This guy who is otherworldly in physical exploits has admitted, has said, look, I will sit on the edge of my bed for 30 minutes hating my shoes. The guy who will run hundreds of miles still says, I have those days where I hate my shoes. You can hate getting out of bed. You have permission. I give you permission. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Get out. I hate going to the gym. I hear you. It doesn't matter. Go. Yeah. I hate eating healthy. I hear you. I don't care. Eat healthy. That's right. Right? Yeah. That's discipline. It's so hard to read the Bible and pray in the morning. Who cares? But I'm doing God a disservice. Or maybe you're doing yourself a service by stepping out of your own flesh and aligning yourself with things in the spirit. We Stop waiting for the emotion. Stop waiting for the motivation. Stop waiting for that thing that will carry you across the finish line as though you're floating on breezes. You are going to have to crawl across glass sometimes to get where you want to go. So there you go. It's, it's That's literally. motivating. Yeah, your, your motivation is look at... The, uh, 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 a guy named, he's a pastor, Jim Tegelhutter just shared this on a post. He saw a shirt, and he, I love the quote. It said, be the reason people don't quit. You be the reason that people don't quit. Be the reason people That's discipline good. themselves. Be, be the reason people fast and pray. Be the reason people love. Be that person. Be what God has called you to be so that it motivates other people. It's like, man, I want to be like that. I want to be right. disciplined. I want to be loving. I want to be kind and we have that ability. We do. God has given us the strength to do this. And it, all the strength is, is denying your flesh. That is literally, I started, when I started repenting, guys, this is, I don't know if anyone else does this, but I do. I'm asking the Lord to give me the strength to repent. Not just a repentant, Lord, forgive me. Give me the strength to repent because, Lord, without your disciplines, without your strength, I'll go right back to it. Right. Give me the strength to say, no mas, I'm turning around, I'm going back the other way. For whatever it is, it's not, for me, it's not big sins. It's more the mentality of, 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 of sometimes, like, oh, I just want to eat. I'm serious. What I'm saying is I want to eat those cookies, man. Like, that's a big one. I want to eat those things. I want to do those things. And I don't eat a lot. We've talked about this. But that's not good for me. So maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Lord, I, don't want, I want my mind to turn. Give me the strength for that, to turn away. Holy Spirit. I know for some it's like, but you know what? you got your own struggle that I don't deal with that you need the strength of God for. You know, for me, that's just one issue of, of several. Give me the strength to be a better dad. I want to repent of not listening to not listening to my kids and not being there for them. Give me the strength to do that. Give me the strength and the mentality to do it. You know. Yep. Okay. You said you wanted to bless people. I just want to speak the word of God over you guys, since it's uh, what are we the thirtieth? Yep, it's the thirtieth. So, so I preached this message the other night, and 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 it, 
I want to bless. What, what would be the word? I, I want to bless y'all with the. Oh, like you beat me to it. What? <laughs> a, a comment. Don't worry about. It. Um. Hang on. Hang on one second. Less. Is that it? Yep, that's it. And I want to read these just a few things from this. The plot, and, and I titled the power of blessing your neighbor. Number six, 24 through 26. I, you've probably seen this in movies and, you know, like Braveheart. That's where I learned it from uh, when I was first a Christian. I was like, oh, that's a cool blessing. Where, where, is that like a Celtic thing? No, it was actually a biblical thing in number six. And he says this, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give thee peace. And and if you truly listen to that, number six, if you truly listen to that, listen to what's being blessed, right? The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace. I'm blessing all of you with that today. I'm blessing all of us with, Lord, you've given us the authority through the spirit of God to take down strongholds. You've given us the mentality to take down strongholds, pulling down imaginations. That Lord, this year we don't fall back into and we not that we don't have regrets and man, I wish I'd have improved. No, that's for next year then. But Lord, that strides are made every single day, every month, where we're like, no, Lord, I'm getting closer to you. I'm being a better parent, a better father, a better friend. For me, I'm being a better uh, leader, a preacher, pastor, whatever. I'm disciplining myself to these things, Lord, because it makes you glorified. My subjected body glorifies you. And if you're subjected, there's no pride in it. If you're subjected to the will of God, there's no pride. So my subjected body brings you glory. The persecutions, trials, tribulations brings you glory because it's not me anyway. So I want to bless you guys with the word of God. I want to bless you guys with, the Bible says, if you seek him with your whole heart, you're going to find him. So whatever you're seeking God for, he will give it to you if you seek him with your whole heart. I'm not talking about monetary stuff. I'm talking about spiritual blessings in heavenly places, that because he's seated with them, he's, he's seated in heaven with heavenly blessings, then he's endowed us with those too. I want to bless you with something that I bless a couple others with. Martin Luther, when, when, he, when, when he said this, it just I'm so glad I said that over those guys. Martin Luther said this uh, in a sermon, actually. He said, when the devil comes to throw your sins in your face and tells you that you deserve death and hell, say back to the devil, I do deserve death and hell. What of it? He said, but I know one who made satisfaction on my behalf, and his name is Jesus Christ, Son of God. And where he is, there I will also be one day because of him. So, yes, we may fall into temptations and sin, but remind him who is your victor. Remind the devil. Who, so the devil's doing you a favor by reminding you of your sin. It should push you to Christ. It should push you to Christ. So always live with that, that God is on your behalf. God is on your side. God is with you. God is with you, and he's not against you. He's never been. When you put on the name of Christ, he is with you from the beginning. And he'll be with you through the trial. And notice that the trials, if you can remember this, I'm going to bless you with this too. The Bible says all things work together for good. We all know the scripture, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And then right after that, it says something very important that you've got to pay attention to. Because we have been predestined to be conformed into the image of God. So in other words, the trials that come, the blessings that come, the victories, the shortcomings that all of that is meant to bring you to the likeness of Christ. So don't get pissed off at your trials. And I need to learn that too. Say, Lord, what are you doing to me to make me like you? How, what am I supposed to learn through this to make me like you?
And I want to bless you with that. I want to bless you with spiritual blessings this year. For some of you that need help financially, I pray financially God would bless you to get through your hurdles for us in our ministry, the same. And that God would just keep you guys. And that God would thank you for listening. Thank you for blessing us with your presence and your comments and uh, your support. We can still use your support if you can. Uh, if you want to send a year-end donation, that's great. I mean, it's tax deductible. We'll totally get your receipt and all that stuff. But more importantly, it's just getting out there to do the gospel, preach the gospel and do these things. So we love you. Amen. I can't say it any better myself. Guys, we love you all. We're so thankful for your support. We're thankful for you guys being here with us. And it feels weird saying this, but uh, we will see you guys next year. All right. So everybody have a great New Year's. Set your resolution as you want. We love you all. You guys have a great weekend. All right? All right. Love you guys.